You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 89. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have an extra special guest. I mean, all of my guests are special, but this one is a little special because, well, he's a guy, <laughs> and I don't bring many men onto the podcast, and that actually is kind of intentional. Um, I First of all, I speak mostly to women, and second of all, I am kind of about, you know, let's have women speaking to women. Um, I have brought my husband onto the podcast, and if you go back to episode 37 and episode 40, I did interviews, well, I did... um, I guess we did kind of a round table about pelvic floor health and episode number 37, my husband specializes in um, pelvic floor reconstructive surgery. And then we did an ask us anything on episode 40. And so those were kind of fun. So other than my husband though, I have not brought any other men onto the podcast and I am breaking that rule today to bring my coach and my business mentor onto the podcast, Mr. James Wedmore. Now, I found James um, a little over two years ago. Actually, he was on Amy Porterfield's podcast. And for those of you who are in business and specifically in online business, uh, you probably know Amy Porterfield and her podcast, uh, Online Marketing Made Easy. But I heard James interviewed on Amy's podcast and I was just blown away. I was like, I need more of whatever this guy is, is talking about and is offering. So I started listening to his podcast, which is the mind your business podcast. And I, I fell in love with how he presents business and how he speaks about business and how he coaches business. And, um, when he opened up the doors to his program business by design in July of 2018, I joined and was so excited to dive into the way that he, uh, presents business and, um, being able to really up-level what I had already, you know, already created. I'd already created a successful business and I was really looking to scale it and to up-level it. And so I purchased business by design and it, the program blew me away. Um, you know, James completely over delivers. And, uh, I remember sitting in his coaching sessions that you get when you join BBD and, um, just like having these aha moments. I actually got the chance to be coached live on one of the calls and it just, um, it it just, there was so much, so many takeaways and so many aha moments throughout that program that, that really just changed the shape, um, and the course and trajectory of my business. And here we are now two years later and James has been a coach and a mentor to me during that time. And my business has grown so much from the time that I met him. I, I went from being a solo entrepreneur, um, you know, coaching and helping people, yes, to now a multiple six-figure business with a team. And we are able to serve and help so many more women because of that. And I have his coaching and mentorship really to thank for that. 
And so you can see why I am so excited to bring him onto the podcast today because he has had such a transformational um, hand in in my business and in my personal growth. And um, I'm just so excited for you to get introduced to him to um, hear his insights and thoughts. And you know, we have a conversation today, and a lot of it revolves around business. But what is so apparent to me time and time again, as I go through this journey, both in fitness and in entrepreneurship is how much overlap there is between the two journeys. And we talk about that in this episode. So even if you aren't into business, even if you have no dreams of starting a business, um, I still really think that you will find a ton of value in this episode because we do talk about how these two worlds really overlap in so many ways. And so many of the lessons that I've learned in business have helped me in fitness and vice versa. And so, you know, yeah, if you're a business owner, this is going to be a really fun conversation for you. And if you're not a business owner, there's still going to be so many much value that you can take and directly apply to your fitness journey. So without further ado, we're going to jump into the interview with my business friend, mentor, and coach, James Wedmore. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. I am thrilled to have my mentor and coach, James Wedmore, in the house, and I'm just so excited for what he's going to be able to share. How are you doing, James? Amber, I'm doing really well. I'm so grateful that you're so excited. It's uh, it's infectious, so I'm excited as well. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Heck yeah. I was just actually talking to my team before this, and we realized that you are only the second male I've ever had on the podcast the other male being my husband. So, oh, wow. Oh, so awesome. Quite the honor. Yeah. Um, excited, excited to be able to chat with you. Yeah. Um, so first of all, uh, I've already done a little introduction of you, mm-hmm. but, um, as a, a business owner and you've been in this, in this online business space for 13 years, you're yeah. basically a dinosaur. Um, you've built this team of, you know, a core team of 15. Now you have thousands of clients a year. You have millions of podcast downloads, mm-hmm. but you've been in this for 13 years ago. So I have to imagine that 13 years ago, this wasn't really even a twinkle in your eye. So kind of take us back 13 years ago. Who was the James then? What was coming your dreams and your vision and how did you just, you know, break in and get started? Yeah. And I will try and keep this, um, as short as possible, but you know, um, I think my whole life I was an entrepreneur, but I didn't know it. And I think so many of us are like, I didn't realize that it wasn't really, I thought it was normal that people had like, that everyone just ha- always had ideas and dreams. Cause that's what I had. I always had like a, a new idea for a new invention or a new thing I wanted to try or do. And there was so much like passion and enthusiasm behind that. And I would just like go through my life, especially when I got to college and I was doing things like eBay businesses and stuff. And people were like, dude, just get a real job. And like, I was kind of trying to discourage all that out of me. And I was like, but I don't want to. And, um, I, I did get a real job and in college I became a bartender and I hated it. And so I was fighting this, right? I was fighting that I'm supposed to be a normal person getting a normal job and a bartender is a normal job. But, um, there was that deeper sense of there's something more I want to do with my life. And I remember I'd get home from a shift of bartending. I was working at On the Border. Do you ever go? Have you ever gone to an On the Border? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's like I tell people, it's like chilies with Mexican food. That's that's On <laughs> yes, the Border. That that is the quality. Yeah, the quality. And you know, a bartender at On the Border is beers and pre-made margaritas. Like 
I wasn't really even utilizing my bartending skills. It was pretty easy. <laughs> Anybody could do my job. But I'd get home and I remember like you kind of get into this employee mindset of like clock in, clock out. So as soon as I was off the clock, I'd go home and I'd just play video games. And I kind of woke up to that. And I'm like, man, is this going to just kind of be my life? And I just kind of drift through my 20s. And then maybe like I kind of just saw a vision of my future and like wake up in my 30s and be like, uh oh, I got to get my stuff together. <laughs> and uh, not in that voice, but similar. And um, and so I I was trying anything and everything. And that, you know, that kid, because this was 22 years old at the time, that kid I just give so much credit to because I think what I had at my advantage is we've now, you know, looked back and we say, like, what's the secret to your success? You build a multi-million dollar a year company and it keeps growing. The, the secret is I just kept taking action and I wasn't afraid to make mistakes. And, um, so I kept trying things and as a bartender, it happened by accident. Um, <laughs> my, let's see, well, who was it? It was like my mom's friend or something paid me money to bartend a little get together for like 12 women. It was like sex in the city, margarita night or a martini night. And we would make like cosmos and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And it was great. I was 22. I was getting these, um, wonderful women, a little t tipsy. They were all flirting with me and I was flirting back, giving them a good show. And, and I got paid a ton of money for it. And I was like, I got paid, I think like, like the equivalent of like three or four shifts in one night. And I didn't even feel like I was working. And I said, maybe there's something to this. And at that same time, I I learned, I, I read a nine and you'll get this. Like, this is such the origins, Amber. Like, I don't, I don't, this isn't to talk about myself. This is, this is because we all have these same stories. And the thing is, is you just might be in the middle of your story, right? A and you're in the thick of it right now. And, and so there was a time when that, after that happened, I bought a book at Barnes and Noble. I had like a hundred dollars to my name. I wasn't, I didn't have any extra like savings or anything. And I bought a 950 page book on how to build websites using Dreamweaver. And I read it twice, cover to cover. I learned how to code and build a website. And I, I built a website on um, bartend, a bartender for hire in Orange County. And, um, and then I learned, then you realize no one comes to your website. They don't know where to go to it. How would they find it? So I learned this thing called CO, which is... SEO. That took a while to figure mm -hmm. out what that. Oh, oh, it's not SEO. It's SEO. Oh, okay. What does that mean? Oh, search engine optimization. Okay, got it. And I got there's a guy who called me. He was trying to sell me on his services. It was so funny. And he's like, Yeah, you know, for blah 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 a month, we can um, we can index your page. This is you know this is back in 2007, 2006. And he goes, We can index your pages in Google for certain keywords. And I just said, So this was so scrappy back then. I was so I'm so proud of that kid. I go, and, and what exactly is it that you do to the pages to make them um, indexable in Google so that they pop up? And he's like, oh, so what we do is we, re we change the titles, the description, we put the keywords here and in, in the metadata, and we do it here, and we put backlinks and all this stuff, and I'm just taking notes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, so would you like us to do that? And I'm like, yeah, let me think about it. And I just went right into my website, changed it all to Orange County Bartender, and like every city in, in Orange County plus bartender and like three days later, I got my first phone call and I was off to the races and I'm, I quit my bartending job and now I'm bartending parties and bar mitzvahs. Yes. Yeah, so I was a non-alcoholic. It was like grenadine, you know, like 
virgin drinks to weddings and, and 50th birthday parties and everything. And all of a sudden, fast forward, and I've got a staff of 15 bartenders, cocktail waitresses. We're running out bar equipment and, and like ice sculptures, and I'm working with other vendors. And we've got this whole thing, this whole operation working from um, north of L.A., all the way down to San Diego. People were fighting for us. I kept raising my prices. This was amazing. And now I'm like in my you know mid-20s. And you know what was my favorite part of the whole thing? Was I was super proud of our staff. I just created this, this team of amazing bartenders. People come to me and they say, James, we do parties for years, company parties. You have the best bartenders. And I said, you mm. want to know why? They said, please, why? What is your secret? I, I said, they were drunk, of course. They're like, you have the best bartenders. And I'm like, yeah, you want to know why? I said, because they're not bartenders. What? I got trained them myself. None of these people have any experience. And that was what I was getting the most joy out of was training these other bartenders. And they were going off and I'm, and these were all my friends from college and they're all making money and they're quitting their jobs and, or just doing this on the side or whatever, you know, they all have different life paths and everything, but they're all, you know, making a ton of tips, walking home with uh, $300 in tips and $200. Like they're making $500 on a Friday night and loving life and saying that was the most fun I've ever had. And that's when I got the idea of saying, I want to teach more people how to do this. And I put, mm. <laughs> I put a book on the internet called Bartend for Profit. And on April 18th, 2008, I made my very first sale. San Antonio, Texas. Life changing. <laughs> Amber, I cannot tell you how much that day changed my life, how it felt. It's still the, the greatest business feeling I've had. Like we've had days in the business now, and I don't say this to brag or anything, but you just say this to share the contrast of how far you can go when you just keep going with, with what you love. But we've had days where we've made a million dollars in less than a day. And it's still not the same feeling as that first sale that came in from a complete stranger on the internet, San Antonio, Texas for $187.95 plus 1995 shipping and handling because we shipped them a whole you know, physical stuff that goes with it. And it was teaching them how to bartend. It was an at-home bartending kit. And the idea I got for it was that I went to bartending school and I paid $800 and it was a joke. Like it was just a week of a guy, you know, get here, memorize these drink recipes and then Here's some bottles with water in them and here you go. And I'm like, that's it. That's the secret to bartending. Like that's it. And I went on this journey of like learning, like, you know, things like how to build rapport and jokes and uh, bar flair and things you can do to increase your tips and all of those things. And so I included all of that. And, and I'm like, you don't need to pay 800 and do it locally in person. You can do it at home. And that was my first like foray into the online mm. world. And when that first sale came in, the reason it felt so good is because this little thought popped up in my head that said, if you can get one person to do this, you can get another. And if you can get another, where's it go from there? And that's what started all of this. I mean, that mm -hmm. was it. And the funny thing is 13 to 14 years later, I am just as passionate and in love with, all of things, business, marketing, team building, the internet, social media, all of it, just as passionate. And that's what I think is most important is that you hear it as a cliche and I'll shut up in a moment, I promise. Um, I have to say that because I can go on tangents. But um, 
you, you, uh, you hear those things and they become really cliche, like follow your bliss, follow your passion, do what you love. And the only reason they sound cliche is because they're so true. You hear them over and over and over and over again. But you were here to find out why you were here. And that's to do the thing that you, you'll know you're doing that when, when, by the way it feels. And it will feel like the thing you love doing. And it won't feel like work anymore. There, you, you don't need to go through some huge enlightenment process or go like meditate on a mountaintop in, in India or something to come to that realization. You will when you do that, but you don't need to. You can just take my word for it and start finding what it is that you just love doing that when you do it, it doesn't feel like work. And then it's about how do we make money doing that? Mm-hmm. And that's what I do today. That's all I love doing today is help people make more money doing what it is that they love doing. And there's always a way. And now in this time, more than ever, it's, it's now it's like a necessity, right? Like the stats that have come out that, you know, um, the highest like unemployment rate, I think it's higher now than the Great Depression, right? Uh, if not, it's like right around it um, with like, I think... Uh, I don't remember the latest stat, the 20 million Americans filed for unemployment. Yeah, it's, it's over 20 million. Yeah, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of weird person, Amber knows. I hold very different perspectives on things. And I hold this, it's a, it's a big perspective. You know, you got to go back like 30,000 feet. But I hold the perspective that what's, what people are going through right now, it's serving them. It's for them. And that's a hard thing. And people get really upset at that. But I, I, I have to hold that space that no matter how challenging you know, leaving a job or you're being laid off or can't go back to that or that job doesn't even exist anymore, that inevitably that is serving you in some way because I do believe at its core um, and that's what transformed my life um, is understanding that life is happening for you. And so a lot of people, not everybody, everyone's different. So I don't, I never say absolutisms, okay? Unless it's like a universal principle and law of truth. But I don't want to make generalizations, but for a lot of people that are out of work right now, they were in a job they hated. It was making them ill. It was, you know, putting them in, into a depression or taking them away from their family. And now they're at home. They're with their loved ones. They are present with their family and they are reevaluating so many things in their life. What, what matters to them? You know, a lot of people are just getting off the rat race, the, the, the hamster wheel of busyness and busyness puts you in a trance. And so I heard someone say this and I loved it is that this is a transcendence. It's an end to that trance. And when we snap out of that trance of just this go, 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 busy, 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 we have a space that gets created where we can look at our own lives and reevaluate what matters to me, what's important to me. And in this age, unlike any other time in the history of our lives, we are in so much more control and have so much more say over our financial destiny, how we work, when we work, where we work, and how much we make when we work. That is exciting. And today, this is the last thing, Amber, and I'm going to stop. <laughs> when I started that bartending thing and I said, I'm going to create a website on the internet and sell an online bartending school, I started with a quote that I had no idea would be the thing that became the guiding light in my life. You know, because we had like vision boards and stuff, right? I put my goals on a cork board. 
Mm-hmm. And above all those goals, above all those things I wanted to manifest, all those things I wanted to have in my life, I had this one little piece of paper. It was a piece of printer paper that I folded into thirds and I took a black Sharpie marker and I wrote, inspire others on the top line and then on the second line through my actions. That guided me for the last 13 years because I just want to be that proof for one person to say, if this guy did it, that means I can too. And that gave me a lot of meaning, yeah. you know, and, and as a result of that, we've helped a lot of people. So there you go. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I, I think back to, you know, one of the lessons that I've learned from you um, so poignantly in my life is kind of what you were speaking to is this idea that, you know, life happens for you. And even more so than that, that the breakthrough that you're wanting that is going to propel you into the results that you want, it must come after the breakdown. And so I think about that in our time right now, that a lot, there's a lot of people experiencing breakdowns, right? Like there's a lot of hard things going on and maybe you've lost a job or maybe, you know, you are are struggling with, with family or whatever your situation there can be a lot of breakdowns, but when we can start to get excited about that and recognize that those breakthroughs that you want, can and will come after only after the breakdowns, then it starts to shift that perspective of like, what's, what's this setting me up for? What, what amazing thing is going to come because of this experience that, that I'm having right now. Yep. And I've seen that over and over and over in my business of these things that are like, I would deem the worst things that happen, yeah. you know, losing clients or failed launches or whatever. And I can see time and time again in my experience that it, every single time that was only setting me up for something bigger mm-hmm. in the future. Now I do want to say there that I don't believe we need to have a breakdown in order to experience a breakthrough, which is really good news. Yeah. However, yes, when we're in a breakdown, the first thing we need to tell ourselves is, well, the breakthrough's right around the corner. Because the first thing we want to look at is, if you want to look at universal laws, and you can start to do your own research on this if you're not familiar, one of the universal laws, I mean, this is like ancient universal laws, and these are things that can be tested. So it's like, it's not about, I don't believe that. It's, you can look at it right? These are things that you can look at in nature and in life, and you can see the evidence everywhere. And one of these universal laws is called the law of duality. And it's this idea that we live in a dualistic universe, which means there's the opposites of everything. Like, and and the opposite describes its opposite. So you can't experience hot without knowing what cold is and vice versa. There is no up without a down, no left without a right, north without a south, good without bad, right? And so everywhere you look, you see that. You see these, the, the duality of everything, light and dark, good and bad, right? And it's everywhere, which means, why am I saying this? What the heck does it have to do? Every problem, every problem means Law of, du- law of duality, the solution already exists. You cannot have, when you operate this way, notice how it just kind of changes the way you feel. When you know, ah, I'm in a problem, ah, we got a problem, ah, it's a bit, oh, crap. The solution's already there. It has to, it must exist. It must, it is law. It's just up to us. Are we going to find it? And I can help people find it. Um, but when we start from that place, it, yeah, that breakthrough's there. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of finding it. Then that that already moves us in the right direction because we, I think a lot of times when people, you know, are are in a problem, 
what makes the problem a lot worse is they're operating from a belief that this is going to be permanent or it's going to get worse or it's going to cause something else. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps people in a problem is they're saying the fact that I have this problem means something else is going to happen. This is never going to stop. This is going to cause that. And we go to these worst place scenarios. And instead, if you could just flip that to say, oh, this is a problem. Oh, which also means the solution is there. I just got to find it. Yeah, that's so good. Um, and for anybody who's listening, who isn't an entrepreneur, like so many of the things, and this, this, I've learned this through James and I've learned this as I've gotten into entrepreneurship. So many of the things that apply to starting a business or entrepreneurs applies to your fitness journey. And I, and I find the same thing with my clients in that, you know, they feel like this isn't working or whatever they get stuck and they get frustrated in their fitness journey. And when you come from it, from this perspective of like, when we label something a problem that automatically means that there's already a solution, it's, it's freeing Mm -hmm. and it allows you to start looking for the solution, um, and, and get yourself and propel yourself forward in that. And, um, it's, it's so exciting to be able to have that perspective shift and it makes, you know, all the difference in the world. Um, okay. So you went back and I want to kind of backtrack a little bit when you were saying, you were talking about your origin story. Um, and you talked about this idea of, of coming up with what you love and being able to make money out of your passion. Um, so I had an interesting conversation a little bit ago with a friend who has looked at me and my business and what I've been able to create. And, um, she's getting to the point where her kids are getting older and she's, um, looking for, you know, an identity outside of motherhood. Not that motherhood isn't wonderful and fulfilling, but you know, she's ready to like have something else that's just hers. And so we were talking about it and she has this, you know, idea that she, you know, starting a business was really cool, but she was getting stuck on like what she would do. So for those people who are at that point where they're like, yes, starting a business sounds interesting. It sounds like something fun, but I don't really know what my passion is. What are some ways that people can start to flush that out and start to discover, like you discovered what your passion was in their lives? Yeah. So I also, I, I start with, this is another premise cause it's the same. That's called a problem as well. Yeah. Right. Like I want to do this, but I don't know what I would do. That's also called a problem because a problem is just an experience of something unwanted. So you don't want to not know. You want to know. You want clarity. Mm-hmm. So not having clarity would be the problem, which means, and when you operate this way in your life, life changes so <laughs> drastically for, for the better because when you operate from, well, I know the answer's out there. That moves us closer to it. So yeah. I also believe that uh, this is a principle I operate and it's f- been found true time and time again that any desire that was born within your heart, you already have everything that it takes within you to make that dream a reality. Okay. So, you know, for example, cause people say, Oh really? You can just do anything you want, right? Well, why don't you go play in the NBA? Because I don't want to <laughs> like, right. I have no, no desire. no desire, right? No desire. But we all love a good underdog story of the person that was told they couldn't their whole life. And they did it because they had the desire. Now they backed it up with the determination and the action you know, the commitment, the responsibility. So it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And I'm not here to say it's going to be easy. I think business itself is going to help you grow more than many other ways than anything else, right? That and like being a parent um, and being married. Those are like the three ways we grow. <laughs> you do all three of those, yeah. like, like Amber, you're going to grow a lot. 
And yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't make it, it doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but it's, it, it does mean at first that it's possible. And anybody who's saying, I want to do a business like this, we have to al- also operate from the principle that there is something for you to share. There is something. And I believe we in life are here to learn and to grow. I am very much of like this inquisitive philosopher, you know, people joke, I love it. It's a very nice compliment to say that I'm the Yoda of, of online business. <laughs> That's very nice. But <laughs> I'm, I'm much more a student than an eight or 900 year old wise Jedi. Um, and I do ask all the time, like, why are we here? You know, and questions like that. And I keep coming to a place where we're here to learn, grow and experience. And I do believe that as we each grow, we actually come here to help each other grow. How many times in your life did you get through something only because of somebody else? Someone in your life helped you through it. And you're like, I couldn't have done it without so-and-so, right? And at the same time, that person got so much out of it themselves. By helping you, they got meaning, they got fulfillment, they got purpose, they got significance. And so I believe we're here to grow and I, and I believe we're here to help each other grow. And I think this type of business does that in a massive, massive way. And so we kind of want to start with all those premises that there is a way that you can help others grow if the desire is there. And so then it's about a combination of saying, what is it that people are already coming to me for? The people that I've seen that have had the most success the fastest, and it doesn't mean you won't have success, so don't don't go into a negative space with this, is that they said, James, people keep coming to me about this. The reason why people are coming to you about that is because you have embodied it, you're living it, and they want them some of that. And then you have the other side of it where people are like, I want to do this and help people with that, but no one wants to you know, listen to me. It's like, cause you ain't owning it. You don't, you don't have, you're not living what they want. And that's a hard pill to swallow, right? It would be like me helping people build a million dollar business, but I'm like living off food stamps, you know, it's, it's just, most people wouldn't listen to that person, right? You want to, you listen to the people that have what you want. And when you demonstrate and embody that, so people already come to you with stuff. And it's, by the way, it's usually the stuff that comes really easy to you. Mm-hmm. That's a really good indicator, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you want to look at that. What are people asking you questions about? What do they already come to you about? What do they keep saying? Like, you should do a blog about that. Or you should teach us how to do that. Or how do you do Right? Any form of that. And if you're like, oh, they don't come to me for anything. Just it's maybe that's not the case. You're just not paying attention. So start paying attention and, and, it, and ask for a sign. I'm very, I'm all about asking for signs, right? Now, I believe life gives you clues. It's all the time. You're just not looking. So you can ask for one. Just ask. Just put it out there and start to notice when, you know, funny you say that. I was thinking, you know, it's just weird things happen. Like, so do that. And then if it's something that comes easy, that's a really great sign because it means you enjoy it. And you're like, wait. No, people wouldn't pay to do that. That's easy. I mean, we have uh, members that um, they teach people, um, Kendra, right? Who teaches people how to, our moms, how to clean their homes. And that was her whole thing. She's like, people don't, people are going to pay me to learn how to clean. 
Are you nuts? And another another previous member of the mastermind, um, April Perry, did something very similar. Multiple, multiple seven-figure business teaching people how to organize. So before you judge it because it's easy and, and you learned it for free or you didn't pay to learn it, it just came natural to you, start doing your research. And because there are people today, I, mean, I taught people how to bartend and it got me started. But there are people today that are doing stuff in every different niche imaginable. So let's think of some examples. Um, how to meditate. Um, how to feng shui your house. How to do interior design. Um, how to use you know social media. Um, how to use tech for non-techies. We have people doing um, how, to, uh, how to tutor your kids, how to homeschool your kids. We have uh, different sports like... Um, how to prepare your daughter for um, uh, softball for, you know, at the collegiate level. Okay, there's a niche for you. Um, every instrument you can imagine, right? Um, you know, like how to play the guitar. Um, Parenting, sleep training. Mm -hmm. Those are all ones that I know of too. Yep. Meal prep. Yep, yeah. The meal prep and shopping list to... Um, uh, um, why did I just lose it? But you know, things, anything, obviously fitness and nutrition. Um, Robin Long is a, is a very good friend of mine and, uh, she runs one of the biggest Pilates memberships on the planet, um, uh, called the sisterhood. And like everyone I've ever met who's done Pilates like knows of Robin and this membership. Uh, you know, so it's like, you name it and it's, it's been done and it's pretty awesome. Even to one of our members, Kathy Hay, vintage Victorian authentic corset making. I mean, come on. Wow. That's I know. a niche. That's a niche, right? And so, you know, it, these successful people took something they are passionate about. They took something that they knew would help other people and they put it together in a way that they were able to get paid to do what they love. And I'll tell you this right now. I, and I, I don't, this is, if all this sounds too good to be true, um, you know, here's the other side of it. I'm just going to be straight up with this. If you don't have a passion for teaching or helping others, you're not going to like this type of business. There's other types of businesses you can do. I really want to start there. I found out that I loved teaching. Like, I can't help it. Like, if you think this is work for me to be on a podcast on a Monday recording with my good friend Amber talking for an hour, if you think this is like work, it's not. But if, if you're like, oh, I would never want to do that, honor that. That means that there's something else there for you. And I don't want to, you know, ever mislead anybody because what will never mislead you, and I know I get really cheesy, but it's so true. I just keep finding truth. Is what will never mislead you is your heart. And what I mean by that is if you pay attention to how you feel, there'll be certain things in your life that light you up and feel good and, you know, give you joy and fulfillment. And we got we to gotta find ways to turn that into a business got to find ways to monetize that. And there's always, always a way. But where I really like to play is anything that comes down to teaching, coaching, you know, paid content. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So if someone's listening and their wheels are starting to turn and they're like, Oh, now, now that I think about it, you know, people come to me for couponing or whatever. And which is and then, real. That's a thing. People do that. Oh, yeah. totally. Oh yeah. I know big, there's big blogs and people that are into mm -hmm. that. Um, so yeah, whatever's coming up for you as a listener right now, um, 
what I find is that as soon as some of those stuff comes up, then immediately, and I especially, I deal with a lot of women and a lot of women listen to this podcast. And I think women tend to even do this more than men is that we start to downplay ourselves and we start to lean into the fear and the things come up. And, and what I find is we just tend to keep ourselves stuck and not take the action that we need to take. So if someone is, is sitting here and maybe they've had something come to their mind as you've been speaking about this idea and then probably quickly after that comes up, it's all the reasons why that won't work and all the reasons why they can't do it. What is the next step or what is something that can help that entrepreneur or that budding, you know, budding person who wants to be an entrepreneur take that next step Mm -hmm. and what does it look like? Yeah, I'm going to answer that, but I got to, I got to ask you a question based on that. If you, based on your own experience, why is it that so many women downplay themselves? I think a lot of women have, uh, worthiness issues mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I think it's, some of it stems from a societal, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it stems from upbringings, but I find that so many women, um, are so hard on themselves and, and it, and it prevents them from putting out into the world what they were meant to do. And, um, I think it is one of my, it's one of my passions and one of my mission. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but like biceps after babies for me, my mission and my vision is to empower women to tap into their innate ability to, to achieve. Mm. And I feel like so many women, they have this ability to achieve inside of them and they don't yet recognize it. They don't yet understand it and they don't yet tap into it. And my job and my vision as a coach and as a brand is to help them to find it and help them to realize that, oh my gosh, this was inside of me all along. And now I have the skills and ability and experience to tap into it, that the world is my oyster and, and you know, anything is possible. Yeah. Um, so I get really excited talking about this because I find so many women in a place where they don't believe in themselves and, um, and hold themselves back. And, and business is one of them where they think it's already been done. Someone's going to do it better than me. Like, um, you know, I, my husband already has a good job. Like, why do I need to do this? Uh, and so I'm, yeah, so this is what, this is what comes up for me and my mm-hmm. audience a lot. And I'm curious what you would say to somebody who is in that headspace right now. Totally. And, and I'm going to say too, is I, I, I think it is a universal, you know, human condition. I think, I think men struggle just as much. I just think it manifests differently. If you look sure. at the difference between a masculine and feminine energy, masculine energy is very action oriented. Now we all have, I'm not talking about men versus women. I'm talking about energy. So we all have a combination of masculine and feminine energy, but the masculine energy is very action oriented. Sure. Right. And so I think a lot of men that when they feel that unworthiness as I've gone through that stuff myself, we compensate through action where the feminine is very much about receiving Right. And so perhaps, and again, this is just a theory is that for men, they compensate with the unworthiness by doing more, mm-hmm. working harder. Right. And that, that creates some results in the, in the physical, you know, in the 3d, um, where, where women would, would maybe do the opposite. They, you know, some wouldn't, it just, it depends every, you know, every, you know, male, female is made up of different amounts of either some women you meet that are like a lot of masculine energy or a lot of feminine. Right there's no right or wrong. It's just, we're all unique and different, but it's something to to look at. Um, so here's the thing about the unworthiness thing. There's a lot of really fascinating stuff I've gone into with, with the combination, uh, the conversation around unworthiness. The first thing we have to understand is, uh, and you'll understand it conceptually, but that's about as far as it'll go right now is that it, it's all an illusion. It's all a mirage. Okay. There is no unworthiness. It does not exist except for a thought or creation in your mind as a belief. 
right? Because worthy of what, measured by what, by whom? And you could spend hours trying to answer those questions and you wouldn't get anywhere. Unworthy of what? Measured by what? What is the measurement for worthiness? And who's measuring it? There's no one out there dictating people's worthiness. And there's nothing that's measuring it. So people create a measurement for it. Well, work. The more I work, the more worthy I become. You hear it in people all the time. I hate it when people say this. I correct them every time. Oh, hey, I'm off to Sedona. I'm going to go, you know, relax for a couple weeks. Great. You deserve it. Mm. What does that mean? Why Is there a time I wouldn't deserve it? You're deserving of everything all the time. It's, 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 an, it's an illusion. It's a mirage. You know, because, and, and don't believe me, go look at a newborn child and look it in the eyes and say, you're not deserving because you haven't worked a day in your life. It's nonsense. It's completely nonsense. So it's, it's this illusion that we create in our minds and we won't go into all the sources of how and where it gets created, right? But we got a lot of people on the planet that all believe they're unworthy and so they're all operating from that place. So we pick it up from a young age because so many other people are like our parents and our, you know, other, um, you know, bigger people in our lives when we're little people. And so we just, things happen in our life. We go, oh, must be because I'm not worthy or I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. And it's nonsense. And then we spend the rest of our life either trying to hide that from people, which you're not fooling anyone, or trying to, trying to become enough. Think about that. You're trying to become something that you already are. <laughs> and, it's, and then we wonder why we burn out we wonder why we get so tired. We wonder why we have adrenal fatigue. You know, we, we wonder why we, you know, get, you know, clinical issues. You know, um, we're trying to be something that we already are and we're spinning our wheels. And then, of, of course, you already are it. Think about that for a moment. You already are it. You already are enough. But you don't believe you're enough. And then you never know when you will be enough. If you think right now, I'm not enough. Have you even asked the question, when will you be? Most people don't have an answer to that question. So they just keep using whatever survival strategy that they decided on at a young age that will make them enough, and they keep doing that until they break down. Well, if I get a certain amount of degrees, or if I make a certain amount of money, or I do a certain amount of these things right, then I will be. But even after they get all those things, the feeling hasn't changed. And nothing external will ever change that. And I found myself, I, this is only me speaking from my own experience. You know, my, my parents are the two hardest working human beings I've ever met. So they taught that to me, whether they realized it or not. And that was my survival strategy for dealing with not enough. I'll just work harder. And then I found myself during those bartending days that I was talking about, uh, addicted to uh, Adderall, 20, popping 20 to 40 milligrams a day and dropped down to 144 pounds. I looked like a skeleton with eyeballs bulging out and had no friends. Moved back in with mom and dad and I was working 14 hours a day and eating like half a sandwich the whole day and still making like nothing. <laughs> like nothing was working. And I'm like, this has got to be a better way. But that was my, that was how I would be enough. So I just work harder. 
And it wasn't until years later that you realize, and it's, it's one thing to realize it. Like some of you guys are listening and you're getting it conceptually. When this integrates into every cell in your body and you radiate nothing but being enough, you, you're nothing to prove. Who are we proving what to whom? These are mm-hmm. great questions that no one's asking. I got something to prove. To who? And no one else cares. No one cares because it's your life, not theirs. They're busy focused on trying to prove their things to other people too. They're not waiting for you to prove. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I'll get on with my life once she proves herself to me. No, they're busy with their own stuff. You know, so there's so much we can unpack there, but it's all a mirage. There's, it's all made up. And if you just kind of sat there and kind of even started to journal on some of those questions, that's where you inevitably get to is it's, there's no one there measuring it and determining it other than ourselves. The only reason why you don't feel enough is because you've been telling yourself that your entire life, Mm -hmm. which by the way, when you get to that point, if you can get there, there's another really powerful thing that comes after that. Think about that for a second. You're only, you only feel like you're not enough because you've been telling yourself you're not enough your entire life, which also is proof of just how powerful you are because you created that. That's also, these are hard pills for people to swallow. Some people might not, not be ready for that, but you know, I believe you are and you created that. And when you get to that place, you go, Whoa, so what else can I create? And the people we work with, you know, like, Amber's a great example. The life they have, the business they've created, the impact in the world, the sales, the launches, the the results, all of that, that's the byproduct of all this other work that they've been doing for a long time now. And that, that work is all like starting in their head, the news story they're saying. And so if you keep telling yourself you're not enough, you're so powerful and your thoughts are so powerful, you're gonna continue to be right about whatever you choose to believe. Mm -hmm. So yes, this is simple. It doesn't make it easy, but you got to start telling yourself a new story. And um, that can start with a single thought in an instant, but it's going to be, it's going to have to be a new habit. It's going to have to be a new discipline, just like working out. Hey, you know, Amber, I'm too, basically the, the, you know, Amber and I love to compare the, the weight loss and fitness and, and just health world to, uh, to business because it is so similar, right? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't come to Amber and say, because I was, I was overweight before I, the Adderall. Hey, there's a great way to lose weight. Jeez, I was 224 pounds before I started popping Adderall. Don't do drugs, kids. But <laughs> I was, so I was overweight. So I can say, so could you imagine if I came to Amber and said, Amber, I love what you're doing. I love your stuff. But here's the thing is I can't do it. I can't do what you got. Why not? Because I'm overweight. <laughs> you're like that's why you need it that's exactly (laughs) why you need it and if all you keep doing is focusing on i'm overweight and eating overweight things so consuming with your mind and your mouth things that keep you overweight you're going to stay overweight right so this is like an internal diet you gotta you gotta change your mind diet your thought diet so you aren't enough because you convinced yourself you're not so what are you going to tell yourself now what is the new thought you're going to feed yourself? What's the new belief you're going to eat for breakfast? Beliefforbreakfast.com. There you go. <laughs> right? So that's, that's you yeah. know, that's where we start. Because 
um, you look, you look around, you look at every single person that, you know, Amber, you've gotten to know that's been successful doing this and they didn't get there still doubting themselves and staying in fear that had to change first. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to want it so bad that you're willing to do that. It's not, it's not easy, but it is simple. That's what's beautiful. It's always, it always comes back to simplicity. It's just not easy. So, yeah. 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 And I mean, there are so many parallels between fitness and business. And and this is one of the biggest ones that I see is, and, and I see it talking to people about business that everybody's looking for this, the tactic. They're looking for the strategy. Mm-hmm. They're looking for the perfect launch mechanism. They're looking for how do I grow my Instagram, right? They're looking for these external things that they think that they have to learn in order to grow. And you know, what James talked about right here, of like, if you don't think that you're enough, it doesn't matter what tactic or what strategy or anything that you learn, it will, it, you'll never take the action that you need to take. You'll never yeah. move forward. You'll never be able to build anything. And it's, it, people, um, want it in the fitness industry. They want the perfect diet. They want the perfect workout plan. They want the perfect whatever. And it isn't until you do the inside work that the external can then change. And, uh, and by the way, I didn't even get to your question. So I do want to answer that about like, what can they start doing? So don't, don't move on. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but, but, yeah. but when we focus on these things first, yes, it is what propels and drives people forward. 100%. And so, yeah, I'm, you know, James, James can teach you tactics. James, like James has taught me so much. He's taught me strategies. He's taught me marketing. Like I've learned so much, but if I didn't do the inner work, which James has also helped with in being able to feel enough, to feel worthy, to feel like I have something to offer, um, it's not going to make a difference. Right. And so, um, that, you know, we spent a lot of time and, and James talked a lot about, worthiness, but it's because it's important and it's because it's foundational and nothing else that he teaches will ever stick or make a difference until that has been addressed. And I find that same thing in the fitness industry, in the weight loss industry, um, you know, in the health industry. Yes. So, okay. So, 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 okay. So I'm going to lay it on you and there's one more piece I'm going to add really quickly. So, so a lot of people take this core belief, this mirage, this illusion of I'm not enough, I'm not worthy. And then they bring it in a business and they say, I couldn't possibly do what Amber does because I'm not enough. But they're also operating from this belief that you have to be the best in the world. You have to have the most degrees, the most longest experience and all the credibility and a million testimonials and results. And you got to be on Oprah and Dr. Phil before you can start. Nothing could be further from the truth. Here's all, here's the only requirement you need. You help people. Can you help somebody? Will it make a difference for someone out there? And there's a phrase, I love this. It says, to the the third grader, remember third grade, to the third grader, fourth grader is God, right? Remember when you were in third grade and you looked up at the fourth grader and they had big history books and you were like, whoa, you read all of that? And they're like, yep, I'm smarts now. And you were so impressed. And the truth is, is, there's people that are way smarter than you because I know there's plenty of people that are way smarter than me. They have more experience than me. They have more degrees, more this and more that. But that didn't stop me. It did for actually a long time. It doesn't stop me today. But at the same time, people get intimidated by that. People don't resonate with that. There's somebody that maybe is a few steps behind you and they're more related to you. They relate with you more. They're like, oh yes, I want what she's serving up because that seems doable. That seems realistic because you are, yes, you're a unique snowflake. We all are. And there's something about Amber that you follow besides what she teaches. You know, I love the fact that she's a mom. I love the fact that 
you know, she does all these other things. It's just what I do. That's what I do, right? And that's what people are looking for. They're looking to find themselves in somebody else. So um, not about being the best on the planet, okay? So that's the first piece. The second piece is if this is about helping people, then make it about helping people, period. It's a great metaphor I love to use that if you saw somebody drowning and you're the only one that could save their life, serious question, would you hesitate? If someone was drowning and they were going to die, would you hesitate? Most people I talk to say no. And why are you hesitating right now? It is no different. No different. If they're, help, help me, help me, help me, and they're drowning, do you sit there on the shore and say, oh, I don't know if I'm a good enough swimmer. Oh, I don't know if I have a good enough life raft. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to look stupid saving them. No, you just save their butts. And that's every day. When I get on a podcast like this, when I do my own podcast, when I show for anything, who can I help today? Who needs to hear this? This is for that one person. That's all that matters. And so that gets us to Amber's question, which is if you're operating from that place, it's that question because questions are the answer. That question is going to start driving new behaviors. How could I start helping more people today with nothing in return? How can I start helping? What could I start to do? And even just starting for the first few weeks to just start putting some content out there, teaching a tip, an advice, a piece of a, a video. I mean, people are following my stories right now because I'm doing little handyman tips because we just got a place out here in Sedona, Arizona that we're putting up on Airbnb. So I, have, I know all these, like, because my dad taught me all this, like, woodworking stuff and, you know, how to do everything in a house when I was younger. And so I teach all these little tips and tricks. And, oh, here's this fun little thing you can do to, like, how to hang a photo. People are like, this is amazing. I got, <laughs> like, this more than your business stuff. Gee, thanks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but people are enjoying that, right? I'm getting feedback. That feels really good, but it's also like, Ooh, wow. And not that I would deviate from what I'm doing, but you'd be like, man, somebody could really create a great membership around like, you know, first time home buyer, fix it up hacks and tricks, you know? Um, so you're getting that feedback. You're building that relationship. People are telling you what they like, what they don't like, what they're getting value in. The thing is, is you're never going to get what you want on the sidelines. You got to get out there and play the game. And the game is content. The game is creating value, putting content out there. And just look at Amber. You didn't follow her because she thought about it all day. You follow her because she gave you something. And, that, and you received it. And, you, and it helped you. And you liked it. And it made a difference. And you said, please, Amber, I'd like some more. But if you're sitting there on the sidelines waiting for all the answers, waiting for all the plans, waiting for it all to come together before you start... How much more time are you going to waste? You can just start start putting stuff out there. Here's something I know. Here's something I'll help. Here's I'm going to research some things. And then I'm going to put together what I research. And I'm going to help give and give and create that audience, create that relationship, create that rapport. And they will tell you what they want. They will tell you what they will pay for. They will lead you to that offer, to that home run digital product online course or membership. And, um, and then they'll be the first ones in line to pay for it. So, yeah. So good. 
So good. So I hope that, I hope that those of you who are listening, that you, you heard those steps. Um, you know, yeah, we started with the worthiness conversation and then I love, and I love James, what you said, like, just start helping people. And that's what, that's what I tell a lot of people who come to me and are like, how did you start your business? And I was like, you know what? I just, people wanted me to help. And I just said, okay, I'll help you. And I would not be where I am today. I would not have the business I have. I would not be the coach that I am today. Had I not just gotten started and learned the lessons along the way, right? Like there was no way for me to jump where I was before to the coach I am today. I had to have the experience and coach people and get better at it and learn and grow. Um, and I think we expect ourselves sometimes to be able to jump to that level that we think we have to be at. And what James said is so important just getting started. Um, and like you said, building that audience and then letting them tell you what they want from you in terms of content, in terms of offers, in terms of paid products. Um, and I I loved how you laid that out. I have a question for you. And this was, I asked my audience, um, what questions they had for you this morning on Instagram. And this was one that came up and I thought maybe it'd be something that you'd be able to speak to well. And I think it kind of leads into like, okay, so if we're, someone's doing that, they now have this desire, they have this idea, they're getting started, they're helping people. Um, you know, they're getting to point where they're maybe thinking about making a sale or if they've made some sales, have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, "Mm, I kind of want to quit. Like, I kind of want to just like be done if yes, how did you deal with that? If no, if you haven't ever experienced that, um, other people have experienced that, what advice or suggestion or coaching would you give to somebody who's in that headspace? Yes. Okay. So I'm a really big picture person and that's really served me in my life. And so when you get to that place, I think I want to quit. I'm going to challenge you to not make it a black and white, all or nothing conversation of quitting. Instead, you want to ask, what are the parts of this that I want to quit? What is the, what is the part of this that I want to keep going with? Because I've tried to make my life, I don't want to use the word linear, but like moving in one direction as a vector as much as possible versus like bouncing around like a little bit this way and then a little bit that way and then a little bit this way and a little bit that way. It's like, I'm going in one direction and it's just picking up steam. So obviously I don't do the bartending stuff anymore. And there's many other things. So I might have quit that niche. I might have quit that audience. But I didn't quit the type of business. I didn't quit the same strategies or the same type of activities and things that I still focus on today because there were elements that I didn't like anymore and there were other things that I enjoyed more. And so when you pull back enough and you just say, what is the essence of what I want? You're ironically, it's such a catch 22 question. You're going to get a lot more clarity. When you ask a broader question, you're going to get more clarity. So when you're like, like, I don't know if I want to do this, I want to quit. And you say, well, what is the essence of what I want? And when you do the essence, you're just blurring it. You're blurring the image. You just get a general, like, one megapixel type picture. You know, like, I love helping people. Or I love working for myself. You know, that's the essence of it. I love teaching. That's the essence. I don't know if I want to do it this way, and I don't know if I want to do it with these people, but I still love that in general. 
that becomes your North Star. That becomes the guiding principle. That's why I said for 14 years, I haven't lost any enthusiasm or passion for marketing, sales, and teaching because that's always been the essence of what I love. And it's changed over the years. Even Amber's seen it change. The things I talk about today Mm -hmm. is different than two years ago. Mm -hmm. But I'm still talking to the same group of people and I'm still helping them, you know, it's just in a different way. And it will always be. I'm always seeking for how I can grow more and help people in a deeper way. Um, But it's the same theme. It's the same North Star. So that's what I suggest. I don't want people to be like, all right, I give up and I'm going to go in a completely different direction. I don't think we, sometimes that that happens. I'm not saying that's the right or wrong thing. I'm saying before you go do that, what is the essence of what you do want? What and what are the parts you really are quitting? Mm. You know, does that make does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think it's really good. Um, I I do think that all or nothing mentality comes up quickly with that because it's like a, I I just want to quit. I just want to like not do any of it. But the truth is, is there's probably parts that you like and parts that you don't like. And how can we expand on those parts you like and lean into that more and get rid of the, some of the things and, that you don't like? And a lot of the things that um, you don't I, like aren't even true. So people yeah. say things like. Um, here's an example. We've actually know this individual (laughs) and, um, and they'll say things like this, like memberships are too much work and they're too draining. So I quit the membership and that's a real problem because that's one of those generalized statements. And so people live their life according to these judgments that they create. There's a lot wrong with that. A lot. And I think what I can attribute a lot of my success to other than just making a lot of mistakes is I just ask better questions and operate from a bigger place of possibility. So if that was my experience or that was my client, which is exactly what I did do to this person. And they said, memberships are just too much darn work and they drain my energy. I would sit there and say, so how could you create a membership that wasn't too much work and didn't drain your energy? And by golly, this person did it. They actually had shut down their membership. And I basically looked them in the eye and I said, I think you've just made the costliest mistake in your entire business career. And I can't stand by and let you do this. We need to sit here and see how can we get your membership up and running in a way that doesn't drain your time and energy. And they did it. And now it's more profitable than ever before. So a lot of these things that we're quitting are based on lies that we tell ourselves. And it goes back to the law of duality. For every problem, there's already a solution. So if there's a membership or a whatever that's too much or too stressful or too that, there's a better way. It exists. It's law. It must be so. The question is, are you willing to ask the right questions to lead you there? Because I told you at the beginning of this episode that the solution is there. You just have to be willing to find it. And then I tell you, I'll tell you how to find it. And the answer is through your questions. When you begin to ask outcome-oriented questions, you will find the answer. How could I? What would it look like to? And the problem is, of course, why people won't do that is people... <laughs> People have been trained and shamed out of it, unfortunately, that I don't know is a bad thing. 
we need to learn again that I don't know is beautiful. Because when you live in the question, you live from the question, life unfolds in infinite possibilities. When I ask, if I were to ask Amber right now, what else is possible in your life? All of a sudden, in that question, a million and one doors open or they present themselves. So many things, right? But if I made you answer just one, you have to close all those other doors and only go to that one. So when we live in the question, we live from the question, we open up so many more possibilities. So I would really challenge people that when they want to quit, look at what belief is causing me to want to give up right now and challenge your own thoughts. You know, don't believe everything you think. Most things Mm -hmm. are lies. All generalizations that we tell ourselves are a lie. There is all generalizations are a lie, which means there's always an exception. Be the exception. Create the exception. That's what entrepreneurs do. And this is what I'm talking about are things that most people don't do, which is why most people aren't entrepreneurs. And even the people that are entrepreneurs, most of them aren't successful because they're not doing the things that uh, most people end up doing, right? So a lot of things I teach and share go contradictory, contrary to common sense. It's counterintuitive. And say, yeah, it has to. (laughs) Because if it was common, everyone would be successful. So you have to be willing to think a different way, believe a different set of beliefs, and operate from a completely different paradigm. And that's what I love to do is just challenge how people think about, you know, business and marketing and stuff like that. So good. Oh, thank you, James. This has been so amazing. And I'm I'm just thrilled to introduce you to my audience, be able to share some of the wisdom and um, things that I've gained over you know, working with you for now, I think two and a half years and, um, be able to share that with my audience. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Yeah. Um, um, last question is, uh, if there is one takeaway that you want to really either re-highlight that you talked about already and just make sure you really drive it home or something that maybe you haven't even talked about for the audience listening, what would that be? I think to reiterate is to combine, impact with the power of asking outcome oriented questions. And if you just let that guide you every day, you'd be amazed at where you'd be in a year from now. How could I best serve somebody today? How could I best make a difference for my audience? How could I create something that's going to change somebody's life today? Who can I help? How can I help? What does that look like? These are outcome-oriented questions that will guide your life in a completely new direction because those are not the questions most people are asking. Most people are asking what? What am I going to do? What's wrong How with me? How can I make me? the most money? How can I make the most money? Or, <laughs> or you know, why, why is there something wrong with me? Why am I not enough? Why do I feel this way? Why, does, why am I having such a bad day? Why is nothing working? If you just stopped asking why questions, because what, what does why give you anyways? It doesn't... To, if you really want to know what, why is there something wrong with me, there's still going to be something wrong with you even when you know why. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, mm. right? So how can I? What would it look like? What do I need to do? What do I need to focus on? Who can I help? How can I help them? These questions will put you into action, and it'll be inspired, divinely guided action, mind you. And if you just started to live your life that way, and you got into that habit, you'd be amazed at where you'd be 12 months from listening to this episode.
That's beautiful. That's awesome. All right. So how can people connect with you and find you? Well, if you if you're listening to this podcast, I have to assume you love listening to podcasts. And, you know, I don't know how different, right, this conversation is from your original episodes. And I really wanted it to be applicable to every human, not just an entrepreneur, because I think it really does. I think a lot of the things that we talked about are very universal. We all deal with problems. We all need to be asking better questions. We all have uh, or have dealt with unworthiness issues. Um, But I've talked about all of these things and more on now like 360, 370 episodes on my podcast. It's called the Mind Your Business Podcast. It's really what I call um, entrepreneurial uh, or nourishment for the entrepreneurial soul. Um, it's, It's really everything like mindset. It's not just like motivational like you got it you can do this but really how we can cultivate a healthier mindset let go a lot of the beliefs and stuff that's not serving us and live into more of our full potential so that's my podcast awesome yeah definitely go check out his podcast that's how i found james and how i got connected with him and how um he's become you know now a coach and a mentor to me and really been able to shape and guide and help with the growth of my business. So James, I'm just so grateful for you for taking the time out of your day to be able to share with my audience and, and really dive into some of the stuff that, um, I truly believe is keeping a lot of us stuck in terms of not only entrepreneurship, but in our fitness journey and, and just in our growth in life. So thank you so much. Thank you, Amber. I appreciate it. Wasn't that such an awesome episode? Now you can see why I admire and love working with James so much. He is able to speak about business, and, and fitness in a way that is so different from so many other entrepreneurs. I'm telling you, I owe so much of my business growth to his coaching and his teaching. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.